Nachyomi for the Orthodox Union, Sefer Yoshua, the book of Joshua, Perak Yud Tes, chapter 19, Rabbi Bini Marilis. After finishing up with, um, <clears throat> with Binyamin, we begin to see the discussion of the remaining uh, Shvatim, the remaining tribes. And we get all of them in Perakites, plus a little piece at the end with respect to Dan in a battle that they fight, and then a gift that the Jewish people gift to Yehoshua in return, his place in the camp. What we're going to see with the discussion of the remaining tribes is essentially cities. Uh, their borders are going to be based on cities without the full-on discussion that we've seen before where we talk about journeys and pathways and movements between mountains and around different areas. We're going to see the border discussion of the remaining tribes by virtue of the cities that are given to them, and our understanding will be based on those cities. The first that we see is the tribe of Shimon. The tribe of Shimon is unique in the sense that their location is going to be um, carved out from within another location. And we'll explain why that is with a fantastic statement of the Grah at the beginning of the chapter. Let's begin. The second Goral in that second Goral, meaning the second of the second, right? The first Goral was Yehuda and uh, Ephraim and the half of Menashe. The second Goral began with Binyamin. And now the second of those Goral, of the second Goral belongs to Shimon. To their families. So Shimon is going to be completely enveloped and completely um, circled encircled by the tribe of Yehuda. Before we describe all the cities that they get, let's understand why this is. An incredible statement by the Gaon of Vilna at the beginning of the chapter, Yitas. He says as follows. It's not just Shimon who doesn't get a Nachal piece, but it's Shimon and Levi. Right? Keep that in mind. Levi gets cities and locations, but their nachlas nachlas Hashem. It's certainly a bracha. But Shimon and Levi don't get them. Why? Mishum kilolas Yaakov. Because of the curse of Yaakov Avinu all those generations before. Ephes l'shimon amar echal came bi Yaakov in Bereshis and Parshas Vayichi when Yaakov sits and talks to the children and he blesses them. He says to Shimon Ephes, nothing. That they're not going to get their own, but that their own is going, that which they're going to get is going to come from within the others. With respect to Levi, he doesn't say that they're going to carve out from others. I'm going to spread them around. They don't even get one from within the other tribes. Some here, some there, some everywhere, spread around in the different tribes. So why is it that Shimon and Levi don't get pieces? Besides the unique nature of Levi's role, is an additional factor. And the additional factor that the Gaon brings in is the notion that this is essentially the fulfillment of the bracha of Yaakov to Shimon and Levi back in the day because of what they had done in the story of Dina. It's an amazing sort of 
line, a follow-through, beginning of the history of the people, beginning of the history of the tribes, all the way until its impact ultimately with the settlements in Eretz Yisrael, the settlement of the Jewish people in the land. Let's continue. Verse 2. Part of this, the, the cities of Shimon will be Be'er Sheva, V'chatsur, Shu'al, Uvala, V'atzem. Again, all the cities in the area of Shimon will be part of, ultimately were part of Yehuda, and now Shimon takes these cities from the hands, essentially, of Yehuda. Verse 3. Cities that we'll hear about, in the, in, perhaps in the future, Tziklag will hear about, Others probably that we don't hear about. Uves levaos v'sharuchen arim shloshesrei v'chatzrehen. Ayin rimon v'eser v'ashan arim aba v'chatzrehen. V'chol achatzirim eshesivil se'arim ha'ela ad ba'alas be'er ra'amas negev zos nachalas matei b'nei shimon u'mishpechosam. Mentions of the cities, different names of cities, and all the surrounding areas around those cities belong to them. In verse 9, from within, right, it's, it's, it's splintered out, it's pulled out from within the, the tribe of Yehuda is Shimon. The land of Yehuda was too large, it was quite vast, larger than the amount that the people of there needed, and thus, boom. They find the location for the tribe of, of Shimon within the tribe of Yehuda. Fascinating way that that works out. That's unique to this situation only. Shimon becomes essentially part of the tribe of Yehuda in a certain sense. And later on in history, when the camps break up into northern and southern kingdoms, perhaps going to the future when some of the tribes have lost, that Shimon maybe gets uh, rolled in to Yehuda in the future. They essentially become part of what's known as Mamlechet Yehuda, part of the tribe of uh, Yehuda. We go on. We go now north to hear about Yusachah, Zvulun, and Asher, and Dan, and Naphtali. So now we've finished out the southern section of the land by talking about Yehuda and Shimon. We've finished out the center section of the land by talking about Manasseh, Ephraim, and Binyamin. We finished discussing the eastern portion of the land by talking about Reuben, God, and the other half of Manasseh. And now we're in the north. The north will be from east to west. We're talking about Asher, Zvulun, Yisacha, Naphtali, and a little piece of Dan going up across on the top. And this is essentially in the modern in, in, in modern Israel. This is the Galil, the Upper Galil, Lower Galil, and the Golan. East coast to west coast. Beginning in verse ten. The third Goral belongs to Zvulun. The border of their portion will go ad sarid. Sarid, I believe, is an area in the north. I believe that to be the case. It's going east. In the area near Tavor, uh, it appears that Har Tavor, the Tavor area region, is in the southern areas of, uh, of Zvulun. And it heads again further east. 
And ends up towards the north, uh, as it's heading towards the, the north in Geyiftach El. The Katad ben Halal v'Shimron v'Yidalal v'Beis Lachem Arim Shdeim Esrei v'Chatzrihem. Zos Nachlas ben Yisvulim Shachosam Arim Ha'Aila v'Chatzrihem. Again, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, that it can get very confusing in the north. But keep in mind simply where uh, Zvulim is located. And the most significant, maybe perhaps, location in there is Hartavor, which we'll see a little bit later on in uh, Tanakh. Uh, Zvulun exists directly north of um, Menasha, to the west of Yisachar, and to the east of Asher. So it's squeezed in between different tribes. Uh, it's essentially housed between four tribes because it has Naphtali on the north and the east. Um, and um, it's a centralized location in, in the land of Israel. So the fourth one now is Yisachar. Yisachar will be located on the east, bordered by the Yardane, on the west, bordered by Menashe and Zvulun, on the north, bordered by Naphtali and a little bit of Zvulun, and in the south, completely by Menashe. Shunem will be a significant city. We'll see about it. We'll hear about it again later on in Tanakh. Shunem. Vechafarayim v'shion v'anacharas. V'arabis v'kishion v'avetz. V'remez v'ein ganim v'ein chada u'beis patzets. Now in verse 22. U'pagaha gvul b'savor. The gvul itself will hit tavor. This will be the western border, but it's sort of heading in a um, northwest, southwest type of a line, bordering on Zvulun. So Tavor and Har Tavor was in uh, Zvulun, and now Yusachar is bordering and touching on Tavor itself. Ufaga hagvul besavor, v'shachatzima uves shemesh, v'yitotzot gvulam hayardein arim sheish esrei v'chatzrihem. So we have 16 cities in Yisachar, and it borders on the east, as we mentioned, on the Yardane, just to the south of the Kinneret. That is Yisachar, and that finishes through verse 23. Now we get to Asher. Asher exists, modern day, Asher would be uh, Haifa, the Carmel, and the east, the western coast, northwestern coast of modern-day Israel. Here comes Asher. Asher is bordered to the east, uh, to the west, by the by the Mediterranean, to the south by Menashe, and to the east by Naphtali and Zvulun, and to the north is uh, Lebanon in the area what would be called uh, Sidon. Right, the Carmel is mentioned there. Of course, the Carmel will be made famous, perhaps, by uh, Har Carmel and Eliyahu Hanavi, which we'll see later on in Tanakh. The Shav Mizrach Hashemesh Beis Dagon, Beis Dagon we'll see as well, Ufaga Bizvulun, and it mentions, it connects and hits Zvulun, Uvege Yiftach El, Tzafona, Beis Ha'emek, Uni El, Veyatza El Kabul, Mismo. And it goes to an area called Kabul. So apparently the only Kabul in the world is not in Afghanistan, but it was an ancient Israel, a place called Kabul, 
in the tribal regions of Asher. Kana will be well to the north, going in the direction of Tzidon. Twenty-two cities mentioned in verse thirty. Many, many cities are mentioned here. Uh, many cities that we don't know anything about, many cities we will never hear about again. But again, as I mentioned previously, and it's worth repeating, this is the fulfillment of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu mentioned to the Jewish people, Arim Banita. It's cities that you have not built, cities that you are now settling, cities that you are now inheriting, are these, in fact, these cities. Livnei Naftali, we move along to Naftali. Naftali exists in the land of Israel on the, what you would call, the north East, the northeast. That is to say, it's east of uh, the Kinneret, and it's west of Asher, and it's south of Lebanon. That's the area of Naphtali. Well to the north, modern day, it's the Upper Galil, Galil Elyon, and it's also partly would be considered the Lower Golan, the Lower Golan areas. In there will be famous cities like Chatzor which you've seen before. And of course, the Yom Kinneret will be an essential border of Naphtali to the southeast. To Naphtali and all the families that belong. Remember, when we says the families here, is that it doesn't just belong to the tribe, but it belongs to the families, and that it's divided up. It's divided up amongst the families in the tribe itself. And it goes and it hits and it touches the Yardain region. The Shavagvul Yama Aznos Tavor heads in the direction towards Tavor. The Yatsa Misham Chukoka. Chukok will be in the area, um, an interesting location. It essentially exists halfway between the border with Zvulun and the Kinneret. Is it a point where the Zvulun border um, heads essentially southeast and northeast, uh, where that there's a point in the border of Zvulun, and that's exactly where this place called <coughs> Chukok exists. So it's, it, so it's connecting on many, many areas with many, many different ones. It's not, not exactly connecting with Yehuda, but it's exactly connecting with the Yardin, uh, which is in, in the east. Right? So what you have is Naphtali connecting with Asher along its western border. With Zvulun, it, 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 it creates a southwestern and southern border. It then straddles the border of Zvulun until it hits the border north of Yisachar. And then on the east, it's bordered by the Kinneret and what essentially would be the areas in the water, or the water, the waterways um, above to the north of the Kinneret. The Arei Mivtzar HaTzidim Tzer V'chamas Rakas V'Kinnares, a city called Kinnares actually, this is in 35. 
Vadama Vaharama Vachatsur, Chatsur, the famous city Chatsur, which we saw before, this is that Chatsur, Yavin Melech Chatsur. Chatsur will have a little bit of an uprise, perhaps a little bit later. Chatsur, Vekadesh Veedrei Vein Chatsur. The areas, the Ein Chatsur would be literally the eye of Chatsur, but the areas around Chatsur. Vir on in verse 38, Lamed Ches, Umigdal El, Charem, Ubeis Anas, Ubeis Shamesh. Beis Shamesh will exist well to the southern tip of Naphtali, just south of the Kinneret, and on the northern eastern border of Yisachar. <coughs> That concludes Naphtali. So again, it's a very specific location. In the north, it seems a little bit tighter. You have four, four tribes in a uh, the slimming area of the landmass that's Israel. Uh, other tribes have acquired larger swaths of land and territory. Each one essentially has significant locations that will be mentioned, of course, in the course of our discussions going forward in Tanakh. And last, certainly not least, but seemingly always last, is the tribe of Dan. The seventh and the last of the seven tribes to get its portion will be Dan. And Dan ultimately will be located in two very distinct and very separate areas. Dan will be a sister to Binyamin in the center portion of the land, separating north from south. And at the same time, it will be a location well to the north from its current location in an area just to the northeast of Naphtali. And we'll see why that is in a moment. We're describing cities, we're describing all the cities of Dan uh, in the area just to the west of Binyamin and to the north of Yehuda and to the south of Ephraim. Cities that we've mentioned before, they connect to Yehuda, they connect a little bit to Binyamin, they were very strategic locations. Let's see exactly uh, where they are. Again, verse 41. We saw before our um, northern borders for Yehuda, and now they're serving as southern borders for Dan. Heading out in the areas in that direction towards the water, Mul Yafo. Yafo is essentially a, a, is a, is a sea city. It's a city on the coast, uh, in the center of Ephraim, modern day Tel Aviv Yafo. And that would be in the area directly north of where the tribal areas of Dan, uh, come to a close. So those cities in those areas essentially serve as the border towns that we're talking about, um, in the south and in the, in the west, um, heading out towards the sea, uh, for, for Dan. And the borders of Dan are carved out from there. And now we get a very interesting additional, very important detail about Dan, which is unique to them at this moment um, with respect to the other tribes. 
So what happens here? Dan goes to war for a city called Leshem. The city called Leshem, all the commentaries tell us, is Laish. Laish is a city is nowhere near where Dan is located. Laish is a city is all the way in the north and to the east of Naphtali. It is north of the Kinneret. It is north of Chatzor. It is north of the Golan. It's not in what you would call modern day, well, perhaps it is in modern day Israel, maybe in the areas of the Golan. But it's so far to the north, it's so far distinct, it's so far separate from where Dan was, they go there. Why? Sarashi says, Here in the south, near Yehuda, they take a little bit. Many tribes exist between them. They fight for Lashem. When is this? Rashi says, Later on, in the days of Asniel ben Kenaz, the Shofet, the son-in-law, slash brother of Kalev, the first of the Shoftim, the great Tamil Chacham. That's when this battle takes place. Later on in the Sefer, in the book of Shoftim. It's mentioned here because it becomes part of their territory and part of their city, but it's well to the north, and it's distinct and separate. Perhaps they didn't have enough space where they were located, and they settled up also far to the north. All these cities and the surroundings belong to Dan and its families. And now we come to the close of the discussion of the division of the land for the tribes. I would not let that word Vayichlu go uh, lightly. It's a significant term in Torah. It's the ending of a section. Right? The, uh, the notion of the creation of Shabbos is based on the word Vayichal. So here, Vayichalu, they finish, of inheriting and dividing up the land to its borders. And they give back a portion of the land to Yoshua to be his. They give him the city based on the word of God, the city that he asks. As Timnas Serach He builds the city and he settles in that city. One could ask the very obvious question. The very obvious question, what about that city? What's unique about that city? It's not apparently clear to me what's 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 the significance of that city. But it's the city that he chooses, and it's the city that he's given, and he's in Harifraim, and Yeshua spends the remainder of his days essentially in Harifraim, that's where he is. A summary verse. These are the pieces, these are the portions, this is the land, this is the division of the land that Elazar HaKohen and Yeshua bin Nun, the Rashi HaAvos, the Matos B'nei Yisrael, Bigoral B'Shilo Lifnei Adonai Pesach Oha Moed. It goes through all of it in very quick summary, essentially. Who did it? What's the significance of it? How is it allowed? Stamping it and summarizing in, in a few lines, in a few words, what it was. 
who did it, that it was not happenstance, it was not by accident, but it was Api Hashem in front of Hashem. That it was based on the Word of God before God. And that it was done by Yehoshua, the student of Moshe Rabbeinu, Mesharis Moshe. And it was done by Elazar HaKohen, the rightful heir to the Kohen Gadol status, the child of Aharon HaKohen. And they stop and they cease from the, pro- the, the project that is the establishment of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, the settlement of the land of Israel, the settlement of the tribes of the Jewish people in the land that was promised to them. Significant ending to a significant section of the book. Six chapters or so focused entirely centered around the notion of the Jewish people settling their land, the fulfillment of the promise of God, the fulfillment of the covenant with Avram Avinu, and here it is, and they finish it. It's not over in the sense that tribes will still go to war for land and take other territories, but this section is over in the sense that that portion of the Torah and that, that obligation and that promise by the word of God is fulfilled. And as we'll see the ending of the book, it's the ending, we'll see the ending of the story of Yahushua and his final charge to the Jewish people and that all that remains in the last few prakim of the book of Yahushua. We continue tomorrow with Parakhaf chapter 20.